Well, good morning, Christ Chapel. Great to see you and great to worship with you and happy Mother's Day, uh, regardless of what venue you're in. Uh, moms, we love you. You're awesome. We're so thankful for you and thankful for the role that you play in our fellowship and the way that you mother the family, the, you mother all of us as a spiritual family. We are super uh, thankful for you. And uh, moms, I think I know one of the things that you want for Mother's Day is just time with your family. Uh, if you could just have everybody together, that that makes a mom uh, very happy. And so if you came with mom to church today, just be nice to one another, please, okay? All right? Just don't blow it. You're, you're doing great by being with mom. I'm, I know that she's happy uh, with that. And just get along. Just take her to brunch or lunch and, and just be nice today. Just have a wonderful uh, Mother's Day. I think that's what, what moms would want is just everybody to be together. And I was thinking about that because uh, Mother's Day, is, I, I thought, was a little bit different than Father's Day. Because I thought fathers, you know, what they want for Father's Day is just to be left alone. You know, just be, <laughs> leave, leave me alone. Let me be by myself. And I was... I was actually researching that. Honestly, surveys tell us that moms and dads want the same thing, that dads actually want to be around their families and they want everybody to get along too, okay? But as I was researching that, I came across a, a headline. I, I, I just, it was interesting to me. It caught my attention. It said this, men lost at sea 29 days say it was a nice break from reality. obviously caught my attention. I was shocked at, at first when, when I read it and then started to kind of giggle uh, to myself. And then I got sad uh, because uh, it seemed pretty true. And, and then I started daydreaming. Maybe I want to be lost at sea <laughs> for 29 days. That actually might uh, be nice. Uh, but I, I went through this, these, this mix of thoughts and uh, emotions because I think uh, for a lot of us, we kind of would enjoy that. <laughs> we kind of would enjoy a, a, a little bit of a, a break from reality. And sometimes that's what holidays like uh, a Mother's Day uh, provides us is a, a different break in routine uh, from, from the, our daily rhythms where we get to to celebrate with the, the ones we love. We get to, to take a, a deep breath and we, we enjoy that because the pace of our lives is crazy. We, we live at such a frenetic pace and we have such, such a pressure to produce in, in our everyday lives and the, the conflict seems incessant in, in our lives and in the world and in some of our relationships and sometimes we just go, man, I just, you know, it's that old Southwest commercial, you know, want to get away? You know, no, maybe not for 29 days lost at sea. But, you, you know, and sometimes we sing the Lenny Kravitz song, you know, I want to get away, you know, I want to fly away. I, I just, I want to get away. This, this, is, this, is, this is hard. And, and we want, we want a, a break. We want some, some refreshment. And that's just, I think, just common to men and women in our world today. Now, you add on the complexity of being a Christian mother, a Christian father, a Christian businesswoman, a Christian businessman, a Christian whatever, and it adds an entirely different layer of pressure, in my opinion. 
Because now, not only do you live at this frenetic pace where you have this pressure to produce, where there's constant conflict, but now your Christianity is always questioned. Your, your values are threatened, and you are constantly barraged by, are you really a believer? Uh, uh, is this what you are really saying? We live in this constant state of our, our, even our motives being misunderstood by folks. And you go, you know, sometimes I just want to get away. I, I just, I just want to, I just want to retreat a little bit. And I think sometimes, honestly, we feel guilty about it. And we go, is that, is that okay? I, I, I wonder if, if we can do that. I wrote this in the pastor's desk. Moms are not machines. Don't treat her like one. She's not one. She has feelings. She needs a break. She needs refreshment. And the same is true for Christians. In order to live out our calling as faithful believers, we all need some refreshment that will sustain us in our calling. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So if you will, open your Bibles to Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4, it's going to be page 912 if you're opening a blue Bible. No matter what venue you're in, there should be a blue Bible underneath your seat or around. It's going to be page 912 in that blue Bible. Uh, we're continuing our series through the book of Acts, and today, obviously, we're in our series, The Power of a Changed Life, and we've been talking about, we've been building off of that foundation of the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit that came in Acts chapter 2, that on the day of Pentecost that began the church, that unified the believers in one spirit, how God gave them a heart of flesh instead of a, a heart of stone, that he now indwells every believer who places their trust in Jesus Christ. Christ. They now live a different life that's empowered divinely by the power of the Holy Spirit. So that's been the foundation, but that power that indwells the believers is, the, is meant to be lived out. You, you live out that change in your everyday life, and we've seen that as we started this series in Acts chapter 3, when, remember, Peter, just by way of review, Peter and John are going into the temple courts to meet with the early church, where they learned about who Jesus was and what Jesus said, and they, they passed by this uh, man who was lame, born lame from birth, who had been there for over 40 years, and they say to him, we, silver and gold we do not have, because he was begging, but in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. This man, by faith in the name of Jesus, gets up and walks. This was a sign for Peter and John to have the opportunity to preach about Jesus and his power to transform lives, and they got that opportunity. If you'll remember last week, we talked about that opportunity where Peter and John were able to preach about Jesus in front of the high priests, the priestly families, the Sanhedrin, and all of those things, but it wasn't welcomed. It wasn't, it wasn't necessarily a welcomed communication. What started off as curiosity, remember, turns to hostility. And we talked about the, the reasons why opposition comes when, when you begin to try to talk about Jesus in, in your life, to live out that Christian calling, to be his witnesses, which is what we're called to do from Acts chapter 1, verse 8. And so we talked about what do you do when you experience hostility, curiosity that turns to hostility. And we talked about uh, persist amidst the resistance. Do you remember this from last week? 
So persist amidst the resistance. But here's my question. How long? How long can you persist amidst the resistance before you need a break? But before you need to say, I got to take a breather here. I, I, I've, got, I've got to step back for a moment. You know, because sometimes I, I think in our, our wonderful desire to, to serve Christ and to represent Christ, we think that we can't take a, a breather in a sense and just, just retreat to find some refreshment that will, that will sustain us. Well, we'll talk about this in a minute, but remember, Jesus retreated. Do you remember this? Jesus retreated, and guess what? Therefore, so did his disciples. And Peter and John do the same thing. They don't stay in that heated conversation forever. They end up speaking their peace. They persist amidst the resistance. But then they retreat to find some refreshment that will sustain them. And then they go back out to continue to be a witness for Christ. So what we're going to do today is we're going to talk through some of those, those particular elements that provided some refreshment for Peter and John. They're elements that are available to you today. So I'll give you some applications, places and ways that you can retreat to gain some refreshment that will sustain you to live out your Christian calling, whether that's as a mom a dad, or whatever God has called you to do. So let's look at verse 23, where the first thing I want you to see is sustaining refreshment is enabled by a safe place to retreat. Sustaining refreshment is enabled by a safe place to retreat. Peter and John do not stay in this heated argument forever. They don't continue to to push and push and push and, and try to persuade. And we talked about this last week, but it just bears uh, repeating. Remember, you, you cannot push someone into a relationship they do not want to be in. You, 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 you can't, can't continue to persuade. And if we think we can push someone in, then we think our words are what is powerful. But really, remember, it's God's word that is powerful. It's God's spirit that is powerful. And that's who we depend upon. And so what you're going to see is Peter and John actually retreat after they're let out of custody from the high priest, the Sanhedrin, the priestly family, etc. If you look at verse 23. It says, when they were released, they went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. I love the, the term that is used here because uh, Luke, who wrote the book of Acts, could have used a myriad of terms as far as where Peter and John retreated. Uh, could have used, Peter and John, you know, they went to the other believers, or they went, you know, back to the church, or they went back to a home. But where does it say that they went? They went to their friends. Really interesting term that is used here because the term actually means to their own. That, that's, that's actually what the, the, the literal word means in Greek is, is their, their own. It can actually mean alone. This term is used of Jesus and his disciples when Jesus took his disciples 
away from the crowds so that they could be refreshed, so that he could pray with them, so that he could teach them. And so it's this idea of getting away, retreating for a moment to, to find some refreshment. Jesus understanding that his disciples weren't machines. They couldn't continue, continue, continue without any refreshment or break whatsoever. And so this idea is that they go to their friends, a place of of solitude, a place of respite. And and I love how how it's phrased here because this is, when it talks about their own, I mean, this is their friends. These are people that they could uh, let their hair down with, you know. I don't have it, but you, you know, you get it, moms. You know, people, people that, that you can just be yourself. And you, you have those people in your life. And I'm so thankful for the people that God has provided in my life this way. And if you don't know who those people are in your life, I, I want you to just, just keep this in the back of your brain. It's the people that you're around that you can exhale with. That you can, that you can breathe out. That you don't feel like, all of your words are scrutinized, that, that you're always under a microscope, that, you're, that you are actually given the benefit of the doubt. The, the, those fo- that's not normal in this world. You, you know this. And you've got to have those, those friends that you can retreat back to, that, that understand you, that, that know you, that believe in you. And moms, you have been that for, for so many of us, and we're super thankful for that, that you are a, a safe place to retreat. Because see, a safe place to retreat are really safe people to retreat to. Because, because you can't isolate yourself. Peter and John easily could have isolated themselves being discouraged. And we've all done that before. Where we've been discouraged or beaten down or depressed and we go off and we go by ourselves. And guys and gals, nothing good happens when we're by ourselves like that. We, we need that safe place, those safe people to retreat back to that, that know us, that understand us, that can give us the benefit of the doubt. And I love how this passage describes those friends that Peter and John uh, retreated to in verse 32. It says they are, were of one heart and soul. One heart and soul. Same interests, same desires, same intentions, this we are for each other. You've got to have those people in your life. And so the application is this, retreat in fellowship with like-minded believers. Retreat in fellowship with like-minded believers. Everyone retreats. Everyone gets away from the pressures of everyday life. The question is, do you run to healthy places or unhealthy places? Because everybody retreats. And if you don't have a a friend group of of like-minded believers that that you can run to, that you can share your life with, that you can be completely vulnerable with. I have those friends. They know my dark and sinful heart. 
They, they love me, they pray for me, they rebuke me, they correct me, they encourage me, they pray for me, all of those things. If you don't have those places, that's healthy. If you don't have that healthy group that you can run to, then you will retreat to unhealthy places, whether that are substances, whether that's isolation, it doesn't, it doesn't matter what it is, but you've got to have a place to retreat, so retreat to a healthy place, which you've got to keep this in mind. You've got to build those friendships beforehand. You've got to build those friendships before you need the retreat. Because if you go looking for all of those things in the midst of the trial or when you needed that and you don't have these relationships built, you're probably going to only run to people that will affirm what you're feeling. And that always isn't correct. That, that always isn't the, the best thing. And so you've got to have these like-minded believers created for fellowship so that you can go to them, a safe place to retreat that begins with safe uh, people. And we have a myriad of, of groups that you can be a part of here that I would encourage you to be a part of, whether it's uh, home groups, whether it's uh, women, uh, women's groups, men's groups, marriage groups, uh, it, single moms group. It, it, we have so many of those groups that you can be a part of, that you can begin to build that fellowship so that you have a safe place uh, to retreat amidst the pressures of everyday life, of living out your Christian calling in our world today. Because those challenges are unique. And, and you, you, you've got to understand, what does it look like to, to live as a Christian mom today. In, in fact, moms, we have a, a gift for you today. This is on the back of your sermon notes too. But our women's ministry, they uh, created a new podcast that is just about the challenges of being a mom today. And so uh, would love for you to check that out and listen to it. It's real simple text, uh, mom to 24253. That information is on the back of your sermon notes too. But that's just a gift to you to begin that, that like-minded retreat and so that you can retreat into that, that group where you begin to be understood, but also be shepherded in the way that you can live out that Christian calling as a mom with the unique challenges uh, today. So you've got to retreat in fellowship with like-minded. And, and here's a key, sorry, got to say this. When I say like-minded believers, that's really crucial. Because again, just... It, Okay, I'll tell you what the Greek word is there. I haven't wanted to tell you. But the Greek word that is here is idios, which is where we get our word idiot. Okay? And here's why it's important to go ahead and tell you that, that word. Because God's ways are not the world's ways. And what scripture is going to tell you and what awesome Christian friends are going to tell you may seem antithetical to the world. And you, it may sound idiotic. But honestly, it's the way that leads to life where you say, revenge is not the answer forgiveness is. You go, that's idiotic. And it's a way of faith. It's the way of wisdom. God's ways are higher than our ways. That's why you have to retreat back into the fellowship with like-minded believers. So that, that is First, the way to sustain refreshment is enabled by a safe place to retreat. So retreat into fellowship with like-minded believers. Second, 
Sustaining refreshment is enabled by a trust in God's enduring purposes. Sustaining refreshment is enabled by a trust in God's enduring purposes. When Peter and John's friends, uh, they, they retreat to their friends, I love how their friends handle this as they remind Peter and John of God's purposes. But first, let, let me say, if, if, if you're one of those friends and a friend comes to you and they, they find you as that safe person to retreat to, remember, the friends listened first. Hey, just listen first. Just, just listen. Don't give, don't give trite answers. Don't just... Just remember, listen first. But then they begin to run all of those things through a theological and biblical grid, which I love. Verses uh, 24 and then 27, 28. It says, and when they heard it, when they heard what had happened to Peter and John, when they heard it, they lifted their voices together to God, sovereign Lord, who made the heaven, heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. Truly in this city there were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. The friends acknowledge uh, God's purpose is taking place in their midst and God's purposes are the ones that will prevail. And they acknowledge this in a few ways. The first one is they call him sovereign Lord. They, when, when they pray, they, they say sovereign Lord. And f interesting, the word Lord there is not the word that is usually used as Lord curious. It's actually the word that means owner. The sovereign, the one who owns everything. And it goes in here because he is the creator of everything. So therefore he is the owner of everything the heavens and the earth. So it calls him the owner, the, the sovereign Lord over everything who is, who is in control, who will ultimately bring everything to his purpose. Now, I do wanna say this about uh, God's sovereignty. We believe that God is sovereign, but I do not believe that everything that happens is what God wants. And I know that that's a tension. And you go, how does that make sense, Cody? Well, sin is in our world and God does not like sin. Bad things happen in our world and God does not intend those bad things. God does not make those bad things happen. Now, God can redeem those bad things. And that's what we take hope in because he is sovereign and over those things. In fact, that's why they reference Psalm chapter 2, which I, did, I didn't read, but it's a messianic psalm. And in that messianic psalm, they say, why did the Gentiles rage and the people plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. But did they win? No. The Lord wins in the end. Even when they set their face against the Lord's anointed, it says they plotted in vain. It, it, it's in vain because the Lord's purposes will prevail. He is sovereign over those things. I think that's a wonderful thing that we need to always remember is to, to run our, our personal feelings, our personal circumstances, run them through those biblical and theological grids of, of God, I know you're in control. I know you're sovereign. 
Lord, help me to understand and to trust you and to see what you're doing in this situation, which leads to our second application, and it's this. Retreat in Scripture to remind yourself of God's sovereignty. Retreat in Scripture to remind yourself of God's sovereignty. Now, when we talk about God's word, I want, I want you to know, we don't believe that God's word are magic words. They're inspired words. They're inerrant words. They're what God says to us. They're not hocus pocus, but what we do know is God, God's word will prevail. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 8, the flowers of the field will fade, but the word of God will stand forever. This is always true. That's why we run to it. That's why we retreat to it. It's an anchor for us. It's an anchor for our souls. And we, remind, we need to remind ourselves of God's sovereignty. You know, uh, one of the people's favorite verses, and I just want to give you an illustration. One of people's favorite verses is Psalm 46, verse 10. And some of you know this because it's on some placard that's right next to live, laugh, love in, in your home. Um, but it says, be still and know that I am God. And oftentimes people only put that first part of the verse. Do you know that that's not the entire verse? It's not, it's not just a command to be still and know that he's God. And you're like, okay, hum, you know. The rest of that verse, it says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted above the nations. I will be exalted above the earth. I will be. The reason I can be still and know that he is God is because his purpose will prevail, because he will be exalted above the nations and he will be exalted above the earth. That's great hope. In fact, that's what verse, verse 11 says of Psalm 46, verse 10, and you can go read it later. But we need to put our hope in the sovereign. That's why you can be still is because God is sovereign. And you say, but Cody, bad things are happening. Let me remind you of another scripture. Remember Romans chapter 8, verse 28, that God can work all things together for the good of those who love him and called according to his purpose. You want to talk about sovereignty? Taking something that is sinful, destructive, and broken and working it out for your good. That is powerful. That is powerful and only God can do it. So you've got to retreat into scripture to remind yourself of who God is and to put your anchor in his word that will never, ever fail you because it's his word and he will never fail you. And then finally, sustaining refreshment is enabled by honest prayers for perseverance. Honest prayers for perseverance. This group that, that welcomes in Peter and John to to care for them, to provide uh, support for them after they've, they've been in this uh, heated conversation with the council. Uh, they, they lift up a prayer for them in verses 29 to 31. And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Notice that those signs are performed through Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. They lifted up a prayer for them. And just a few things I want you to notice here. 
they didn't pray that Peter and John would never get in a heated conversation again. They didn't pray for escape. They prayed that they would be emboldened in their faith that they would be able to, to go back in. Th- this retreat is not meant to be a, a place where you stay. You're, you continue to live out your calling as God has called you uh, to live. And that's what they were praying for them. And it says that they were filled with the Holy Spirit, that the believers were. This was not a second Pentecost. Remember, we talked about uh, in our series uh, on the Empowered, we talked about how the filling of the Holy Spirit has to do with a yielding to God's purposes. And this is, the, they are completely yielded to God's purposes. And it says, the place was shaken. And I, and I just, I love that. I got to tell you about it just for a second. Because uh, the, when it talks about the place was shaken, we, God shows up in the Old Testament in earthquakes in a few, few places. Some of them like Mount Sinai, Isaiah chapter 6, Deborah and Judges not, uh, 5. Um, anyway, the, the whole point is this idea that God's weight of glory comes down and the foundation of the earth cannot hold it. His presence is that weighty. And it's like his presence is there that it's, it's, it's shaking the place where they are. He, he is there. And, and I just, I love this because if you look back at other earthquakes, there's two earthquakes at the end of Matthew. There, there's one uh, when Jesus gives up his spirit on the cross in Matthew chapter 27, that the weight of God's glory as he lays the wrath of our sin onto his son's shoulders shakes shakes the foundation of the earth. But then we also see another earthquake, which is Easter Sunday morning, when Jesus' weight comes down on death, and he says, death is no more. You see, I love the, the idea and the, this picture that God gives us of an earthquake because God moves heaven and earth to be with you. That, that's, that's a picture of the earthquake is he's moved everything so that he could be in a relationship with you. And this is what they're praying for is God be with us so that we can continue to speak for you. And so we need to continue to pray these things of God be with us as we live out these callings because even though the place was shaken, the people were not. And so you've got to retreat in prayer for God's unshakable strength. Retreat in prayer for God's unshakable strength. I read a quote as I was studying this stuff and I, I loved it. It says, nothing lies beyond the reach of prayer except that which lies outside the will of God. I, I love that. Do you think God would want to answer prayers for, for boldness to, to speak about him? Do you think God would want to answer prayers that people would come to know him? Moms, I know you're praying for your kids. Keep praying for them. Keep praying that they would stay close to Jesus, that they would walk with him. Uh, if you're here with your mom, that's what she's praying for you. Promise you. Uh, those, those prayers, God wants to answer. And we've talked about this as a church many times. I want to pray the prayers that I know God wants to answer. So that's where we can retreat. Is, and, and they're honest prayers. It's, hey, I'm struggling with this. Hey, I need a break. Hey, God, you cannot tell God something he hasn't heard before. I I promise you. So be honest with them. Tell them where you are. 
Tell tell him that you want him. You need him to intervene in your life. These were the prayers that were lifted up by these folks, and the place was shaken, but the people were not. This is a great place to retreat, and they they came together. It unified them, and I love how it, it, it ends in verse 32. It says, now, almost as a continuation of this time spent amongst friends in this fellowship of like-minded believers. Now the full number of those who believed were of one heart and soul. And no one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own. They shared everything. There was a commonality, but they had everything in common. You see, that's what we try to do as we come together every Sunday is we try to provide a place of retreat, a place where we can fellowship with like-minded believers, a place where we can sink our roots deep down into God's word and trust in his sovereignty and pray honest prayers of God, we, we need you. That's what we do as a fellowship. And I need that all the time. I need it daily, much less weekly. But that's what we try to do as we come together as a fellowship. And we need to continue to do those things to draw near to one another so that we can find support with each other as friends in the fellowship. So we're going to do something special right now uh, on Mother's Day. It's a little something we call uh, Open Church, and we're going to do it at each of our venues. But let me pray for us. God, we thank you for your word. Thank you that you provide friends that we can retreat to safe places that are filled with safe people who give us the benefit of the doubt, who know us and love us and want to see us grow in Christ's likeness. Lord, I thank you for all the moms in our fellowship who have done just that, who have been those open arms, who have prayed those prayers, who have given us those loving reminders and nudges to trust you. Thank you for the wonderful moms that make up our fellowship. Would they feel honored and blessed today? And we ask it in Jesus' name, amen.